Hello there, mortals of Universe 7. I'm Mysterious Jackson from the Mysterious Jackson Show. Well, what I'm going to talk about today? DLC 13 and the possibility of more DLC. Well, a lot of the stuff that was stated in my last episode in the last video regarding this came true and came to pass. Well, see how do I feel about the um DLC? Well, I like it. Is there some good and some bad? Of course there is, but we'll talk about the good first. Well, let's see. The good is, well, great story, even though there are some parts where they, you know, set it up to be a DLC 14 to be released from how it ended. And, well, I really like, you know, how the story mode allows you to get, um, artwork and, you know, the new events and many other things. I've got the chance to participate in the the hero vote, like last year, and what I voted for this time was the customer partner thing, and who I voted for was Super Pain God Kakarot, because let's just state the honest, and state the obvious, he needs it, like, not only does he needs it, King Gohan needs it. And many others. I mean, Kakarot Black needs it too. I mean, there's a lot of people that need, you know, the customer partner treatment. And what I voted for last year was Ultra Instinct signed Kakarot. Hopefully, he wins. I mean, granted, if he doesn't win, I would be disappointed, but it won't bother me. And now, on to the characters. Well, as to be expected, Khalifa came. And not only did she come, but Kel came to the game, as to be expected. And the good and the bad with these two characters is, well, their ultimate attacks are very underwhelming. And they're not really all that strong. I've tested it out along with uh, many others, such as 
cabby, slow plays, perfection, um, who else? I'm pretty sure CBX tested it out. And Wilbur. And, um, many others. Well, my only disappointment with the characters is that, well, their, under their ultimate attacks are very underwhelming. And they seem pretty weak, and I feel like they could be either buffed and added on to. I mean, you had all this time to upgrade them and uh, make them a little stronger. I mean, because they're both prodigies. And the ultimate effects are cool moves. But, um, Khalifa's move seems pretty weak, and then <laughs> it's kind of funny how when Khalifa, after you, you um, do the move, she's like, seriously, that's it? It's like, almost like as if she knows, like, there could have been more to that. And, and as far as, uh, her grab, I like it because it's Packrat's move, because back in, Dragon Ball Z, Budokai 1 and 2 and 3, he would, um, when he would do his dragon throw, he wouldn't just spin you around, he would kick you, and then spin you around. So, I appreciate that, that they, um, gave that move to her. I mean, although I wish they gave it to Kakarot as well, because that was his move. But, it's how it is. And, um, I kind of like the fact that because she's a street brawler, they gave her a street fighting move with Akuma, Ken, and Ryu's, um, sure you can drag an uppercut. It's like when you do the, um, her combo, she does a, a, a mini sure you can when you, um, do the combo. And I do like the um the fact that um Crush Cannon and her other moves can be charged. And um I really I really love these characters. I really think they could be more buffed and add a little more um strength of the abilities but it is how it is some things had to be you know sacrificed i mean although some of the things do feel rushed but i'm not giving up i feel that they can be improved later on in the game and i also like the fact that they gave you know, the creative characters, um, Gogeta Blue Moves, um, Comet Strike, like, that move is just beautiful and deadly, I hate when I get hit by it, but it is a great move, 
And I love the artwork that they have for this. I almost wish my own online subscription didn't time out so I can get more artwork from it. I mean, I could have gotten you know, some more new ones, but I didn't have enough money. And what I mean, money, I mean TP medals at the time. So I had to accumulate a lot. And although what I love about the story is, well, it touches on the uh, Dragon Ball uh, Super Broly movie, which I kind of had a feeling that, that they were going to do, because of how it was set up to be. And I love how they had um, the uh, volcanic stage in the um, game. And I also like how, um, in the story, if there's an, um, the alternate scene, cut scene where Bardock survives. But the only thing I don't like about it is that you have to die in order for that to happen. And then so much so is that Few kind of breaks the fourth wall and says... When you win and beat Frieza, he says, Wow, Bardock, that was a blast. I hope to see you again someday. That's another setup. And what I also love is when um, Jiren and Broly are fighting. You know how in the actual movie, Gogeta and Broly were fighting and they ripped a whole new timeline in the space continuum? Yeah, Jiren um does that with uh Broly because he's in this full power state. Not right away, but when you beat up Broly enough, um Jiren goes in the full power state, and now let's address just the elephant in the room. Why in the hell does he look like a giant baby? <laughs> he looks like a giant baby in the face, like, like. I get what they're trying to do, like, they made a whole whole gag out of it, but, um, as far as how I feel about him as a character, as much as I hate this character, Full Power Jiren is a good character compared to his base form self. I prefer that version over the, um, base character version of him. Although, I mean, I'm glad he's in the game. But the reason why I say I prefer him over his uh, base self is he doesn't die so easily like the um, like he does when he's in his base form. And his uh, power rush attack You can't use it. I don't know how to um activate it. Um, I did once, but I was never able to do it again. And with um 
Jones full power form. He um his power rush attack is more effective and cool looking and the effects are much better. Although I feel like, you know, certain things could have been added to it. And like I hope they um allow Jaren to be uh customizable as well because what they should have did was, you know, allow him to have his uh his eye beam attack with the eye glare move as his as his um move for his base form because it would have made made a lot more sense. Although I get why they did it. And shout out to Felicia Angel and her job um as uh Cronoa, aka the Supreme Kai of Time. And I love how she berates trunks. Like I mean like when she berates trunks it's like like that is like the greatest thing of all time is because I feel like they could have given Trunks a better treatment. And every time I warm up to like Trunks, the games always make me not like him in a sense. And like, his health should be more upgraded, especially when you have to help him out during a pillow quest or during a story scene. Like, they gave him so much low health, and it's not even, it's not even funny, because you're basically doing all the work, and you have to protect him. And the full power energy wave valley, I don't really think that, that should have been given to Trunks, because everybody has that. And, like, that's why I'm so glad certain characters can be customizable. So the characters that have it, you can change it. Like, I don't think that, uh, Pan should have that move. That's why I'm going to change it when I get enough PC medals. And, um, Pan, I, 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 I love her as a character. And, um, she is pretty useful on parallel quests. And, I know people say it, Dragon Ball GT is not canon, but that's not true at all. I mean, that show is so much canon, the character I'm approved of it, he, um, was the co-writer along with being the creator of it and GT's in his manga. His Dragon Ball Z manga. There's even reference to it in uh Super Innocence. So and the fact that people say it's not canon, that's malarkness. Just because the pacing of a show may be slow. Not every show is going to start out fast-paced. And shouts out to um, Elise Bowman. 
She has done a phenomenal job as the voice of Pan over the years. And um, she is a really kind person. Like, she has done a lot for me. As, you know, somebody that gives interviews. And um, I'm never disappointed when I watch her interviews. And she is an all-around kind person and a joy to watch. Like, when I say that, it's like, I've seen, you know, the movie and the scene where she was doing where um, she played uh, Claire. And she's like, everybody has a choice. And then she goes to the circuit and says, my name is Claire. <laughs> like, I find so much joy in, you know, her work and, you know, the job as Pan that she does. And when Dragon Ball Super Superhero comes out, I hope that, you know, they give the um voice to um her. And if not her, give it to Su Susan Huber. Because before um, Elise Bowman, as far as Funimation goes, it was Susan that originated the voice of Pan. And a little known fact, when um, she was auditioning for Pan, they wanted her... Um, Elise Bowman to uh, have a rasp on her voice because when uh, Susan did it, she had rasp on her voice. And it, I mean, it wasn't really raspy like, you know, how uh, Gohan was, but it was, it had a little hint of rasp in it, and I guess they wanted, um, Elise Bowman to do it, and then when she auditioned for it, like, she had the rasp in her voice, but I'm glad that they decided to still keep her, even though she lost the rasp. I mean, I'm kind of glad she did, because I love, um, Elise Bowman's voice. And especially when she does hand, like, she embodies the tomboy aspect of her and the empowerment that she holds. And, um, she's also somebody that, you know, not only do I look up to, somebody that I consider a friend, she's always there and she's always, you know, got the good advice if need be even if it's not to the person directly like when she gives an interview she gives you know pieces of herself and she's an all-around person like she enjoys doing the work that she does and that's one of the main reasons why i you know took an interest in, you know, subscribing to her channel and subscribing to the show 
animated this is because I love anime and she interviews, you know, people that, you know, that were my idols and people that I'm fans of. And um I actually, you know, love the person she is. And I'm truly proud that anime adventures exist and that it's hosted by a really kind person, one of the most kind people on the planet. And I'm truly proud to call her my friend. And if there's anything that I can do as, you know, a fan of the show and a friend and a fan of her. I will do so because, you know, we got to support, you know, good talent while we have it because, like, I'm going to tell you, I was also a fan of Chris Ears and consider him my friend. I mean, he, you know talk to me when he could. I mean, I didn't always, you know, wonder why he didn't always reply to me when I would reply to him. I, you know, took his condition into consideration because, you know, he was sick. So, it wasn't a big deal when he didn't always reply when um, I replied to something he said or something that um he posted like you know like when he you know replied to me recruited me into the freezer force it was something that was a true honor because you know over the years at first I wasn't really sure of who was going to voice Frieza because I'm like, who could they get to voice Frieza after um, Linda Young has been doing it for over 20 years. And um, like when I heard uh, Chris Aries I was relieved in a sense because I knew who he was. I've heard who he was. And then when um I played Rage and Blast 2 and heard his voice, I was like immediately in love with it. Because, you know, he embodied who Frieza is supposed to be. I mean, Linda Young did too. To be a woman and to be able to voice a boy villain character and capture, you know, the essence of every era of the character. I love that. And that's why I also love Linda Young's Freezer. And I also love Chris Aries' Freezer. And that's why playing the story mode, even though Damon Mills is now permanently, I think, going to be the voice of Freezer 
until they get an official um, voice actor to do so. It's still kind of it's still kind of hard to hear Damon um, Neil's Frieza because it reminds me so much of Kiss Aries. I mean, like even though he's not exactly, you know, got the the speed and um. Uh, inflection like Chris does, you can still hear, you know, somewhat of the cadence of how Chris Aries would talk. And like like I've commented on it when the YouTuber slow plays and Cabby would you know play the uh scenes and hear um Damon Newton's freezer in the story mode. I broke down in the process of, you know, still playing it because even though, you know, you can still hear Chris Aries voice in the game, it's still kinda hard. Because even though I feel that, you know, we as a community Wish that he was still here and the heavens needed him far more. And although I commend David Milk for stepping up and doing what he had to do for Frieza, and it's just this is a heavy loss. But wherever he is. I know that he is happy and dancing and, you know, being a good director to the heavens and breathing in peace because she truly was a good person. And what I mean by she, I mean Crystal was and is a good person, but she was a great person to him. To be able to be there for him, knowing his condition and still saw past the sickness to see him as a good person, and I commend her for that. So, Crystal, Miss Bowman, I appreciate you both. And I appreciate you, Crystal, for being there for Chris and being by his side until, you know, the heavens called him home. And, Miss Bowman, I. Thank you, as always, because you are everything the community needs. And I wish you congratulations on 
a very successful season one of anime adventures. And I am truly glad you got to interview Chris before he passed. A truly talented person indeed. But you, my friend, are also a truly talented person. And even though it was through social media, I'm truly glad I passed across. And it is always an honor to have known you. It always makes my day when, you know, when we do have time we talk, even if it's for a short time, I appreciate every moment of it. And to my dear friend Chris, rest in peace, my friend. It was an honor. Thank you for the seven years of you doing Frieza. You lived a remarkable life. Although it was short. It was a hell of a wonderful seven years, and I'm truly glad that God introduced us to you. Rest in peace, my friend. And how I feel about the story mode and the DLC as a whole, I really think you should get it if you have the chance to. Although, I didn't like the fact that we were having trouble playing it. You know what I mean by that? It was a little late getting to us. But when it does come, and you got a chance to get it, take it. Because it is a remarkable story. And let's also address another elephant in the room. Johnny Young Bosch is going to be the voice of Broly in the story. Or whenever you play, like, the new Parallel Quest, or when you play with Broly in general now, he will be voiced by Johnny Young Boss in certain parts where he does certain moves. Cause he's got two voices, like Vic Mignana talks. When Broly talks, you'll hear Vic Mignana. And like when you do like grunts, you'll hear Vic Mignana. But like when you do um uh, Galactic Meteor, you'll hear, um, Vic Mignana and Johnny and Bosch. He'll say, you, and then Johnny and Bosch will be saying, make me mad, and then Vic Mignana finishes it off. He goes, ha! So there's that. 
and how do I feel about Johnny and Boss as bully? I don't. I don't hate it. I mean, I get it. But as far as Vic Mignogna being fired wrongfully, I don't think that was right. I mean, it wasn't Johnny Young Boss's fault, don't get me wrong. But what, how I feel about Johnny Young Boss's doing bully, I feel bad for him because all he has to do is scream and that's not easy on the voice and his voice is somewhat too easy to do I've done it just to see if I could that I was able to, I'm glad I'm able to, but, like, that voice is way too easy for him to do, and I think that's a waste of Johnny and Boss's talent, because just like Chris Ayers and Miss Bowman, Sean Chimmel, Tiffany Romer, and, um, Cynthia Kranz. That's a waste of his talents. Because Johnny Emboss is another great talent. He was he is the voice of Ichigo. He played in Power Rangers in the nineties. And um he's a musician and he also plays um Yang and um Street Fighter Four um Arcade Edition and um Ultra Edition and then he also plays a lot of other characters. Which by the way that escapes me. I mean, aside from Zero He is a very talented person as well, but I think Broly is a strain on his voice, and Broly doesn't uh, have too much dialogue as it is. Like, I almost want to know. Why didn't they give him more of a speaking role? Because Broly doesn't just scream and grunt all the time. He he does talk. And and I feel like they should have given him more of a speaking role. And Fighters and in Universe 2 as far as the DLC 13 story.
I mean, because people say he wants, to, he did it with the bully. Like, yeah, he does. But people probably won't miss his brother because he didn't really do much for it. And I'm not saying I, I'm coming at him because I'm not. I'm just saying, like, when people think of Broly, they're going to think about, you know, Vic Mignogna doing Broly because Johnny Young Boss, he does Broly now, but he doesn't really um say anything. I mean, they tried a couple demo scenes just in case he had to um, redo the Broly movie. So it had to be added in for fighters. Because when he when you play with him in fighters, he doesn't, he doesn't talk. Like, he only says two words in fighters. And that's, you're dead. I think that's when he, when he grabs you. Because the majority of the time he's screaming. And, like, I feel like that if they had, I mean, sure it was probably last minute, but people would have loved to hear um, Broly talk. And myself included. How do I feel about, you know, Broly appearing in the um, Dragon Ball Super Superhero movie? Like, I feel that it's great. I just hope they put him to use and not just some cameos having um, Kakarot train him on Bears' planet. But how do I feel about, you know, Broly as a character? Um... I, I don't hate Broly, but I feel that he's underrated and overused, in a sense. Aside from, you know, like, he's overused and underrated and underused in the same sentence. Because I say he's underused because he's not really mentioned in any saga. And, like, you can't just have him be a part of the Universe 7 team and not really use him. And you leave him... To be one of the um, last scenes from Universe Seven era to survive, and you you don't use him properly. The only time both brothers is used nowadays is only in in video games, and as the poor um representation of the character. And back on to Johnny Young Bosch for a moment. Johnny Young Bosch also plays um Broly and um um Dragon Ball Legends. And is it interesting to hear him 
talk as Broly was to be respected because you're playing both 90s Broly and today's Broly. And I love hearing him talk as 90s Broly so I can complete, you know, the work that he does as Broly. But again, it's still a strain on him because. He, uh, doesn't really fit yet because when I hear him talk as Broly, I hear Ichigo if Ichigo is just ruthless and relentless and was full of malicious intent. That's how, you know, I see his... Broly. I mean, sure, he's a nice guy from what from what I can see in interviews. He seems like a radical dude, but I just would like for him to, you know, display his talent more often. And for them not to allow him to just play a character that does nothing but scream and, you know, put strain on his voice. I mean, I understand why he did the voice of Broly. I mean, because, you know, the company called him in to do it. And he probably was doing it for a friend because Vic Mignogna and Johnny Young Bosch are friends. Based on what um, Vic Mignogna has tweeted and said, but I think something should be worked out for uh, Vic Mignogna to be back in to Funimation because he was wrongfully fired. And, and for what? It was for the wrong person and he really shouldn't have been fired it had nothing to do with him and Vic Mignogna he's Italian the whole kissing thing that's how Italians would do it and the person that allegedly accused him of that gave him consent so it wasn't nothing he should have been fired over. And giving a hug and a kiss on cheek is nothing to be threatened over or seen as sexual harassment because he did nothing wrong. And I'm not just saying this because I was a fan of uh, Victor Mignana's work. I'm saying this because an innocent man got fired for nothing, and I hate when an innocent man receives heat for nothing. Vic Mignogna, from what I can see in interviews, he's very, you know, sensitive, he's very, you know, appreciative of the fans that are out there, and he loved the work that he did. And when he was breaking down in tears 
in the last convention he was at and, you know, doing interviews and performing. Like, I felt bad for him. He really shouldn't have been fired for that. Sure, um, Monica, we all, and Vic and Rihanna, they were friends at one point, and if they're, if they're not friends anymore, so be it. But there's nothing to be firing somebody over and just because somebody didn't want to do what you initially wanted them to do because they felt uncomfortable, that is no reason to fire them. I know I was only going to talk about, you know, the DLC and I went on so much appreciation speech and I'm somewhat going on a tangent but this needed to be said like I don't really feel that Big Mignano should have been fired for something that was completely innocent and people giving him hate over something that was completely innocent and just because he made a joke and same with Stephanie I don't feel that you know she should have been gotten the treatment that she gotten just because again something happened and somehow word got out to Chris or whoever was involved, they shouldn't have not have gotten rid of Stephanie like that. Because Stephanie did nothing wrong. She shouldn't have been let go like that. And just because she didn't want to do something that made her uncomfortable. So, it just wasn't fair. And then, because Stephanie, she, she is a real kind person. I've seen, you know, the interviews. I've seen, you know, the conventions to see, to get, like, what type of person she is. So, and it's fair to say that, you know, it wasn't fair what happened. Like, although, you know, I'm pretty sure her and Colleen are friends, from what was said on on the page, when I looked it up to see what happened, I mean, Colleen's going on, I feel that, you know, it was appropriate. I mean, not to disrespect Colleen, Colleen is another talented actress. Actress that I follow on um, Twitter and, and Instagram because a lot of these voice actors that I'm, I'm mentioning I follow. I follow Chris uh, Sabat too because I commend him for a lot of well to be able to do a lot of voices. 
that's true talent. I hope to get there myself someday. It's not to say that, you know, he is the reason. Because the people that I've named, that I look up to, are the reason. But, like, Christopher isn't really, you know, a bad person, and yet everybody has done some bad in their life, but who hasn't? That's how life works sometimes. But if you were to go to a convention, don't go trolling him for something that happened to Vic. Sure, those two had beef or whatever. I'm pretty sure he, he and Sean's got beef as well. But don't go pointing a finger at him like he has something to do with it. And, like, that was just uncalled for. I've seen what was happening. And then, let's talk about the Funimation audio leak. There was some uh, Funimation audio leaks that was kind of crude and uh, inappropriate to an extent, but those are um, bloopers. Those aren't in a, an actual episode. It was just some guys and voice actors goofing around and having fun. It's like that in every um voice acting business. Hell there was some um bloopers when I was voice acting and when I was playing um the voice of Kakarot for um Zillaverse two and one when just in case they couldn't get um, Sean or anybody else to do it. I was, I was Goku for three years, and there's an um, a blooper. There's actually two. One of them was where um, I called um Frieza bitch in in the uh, blooper, and then um. There's another blooper where I ask Reese why is he bisexual? Like, it was something I always wondered. And, um, the fact that they had me say that line in, um, Xenoverse 2, which of course I understand why they couldn't keep it, but it, it was still fun to say, and the fact that the the fact that, you know, they're giving Funimation heat for something that happened eight years ago, well, over, well, actually, over 20 years ago, 20, 20 years ago, because I say it was eight because I remember the day that those bloopers were released, it was back in 1998, and I was... I was eight years old at the time. And it's quite common. 
it's quite common for um bloopers to be out like that. And they did it for the sake of, you know, memes, because there's memes out there that, you know, the voice actors are aware of. So they say, hey, let's have a little fun with that. And it mean anything by it. And it was just uncalled for. And I don't really condemn or condone people getting wrongfully fired for something that they had no control over or um for something that they was having fun with. Sean, he likes Gohan as a character. He um he uh loves Kyle Labor, like him and Kyle are friends. And sure, he has a little fun when he plays games. He, he plays the cat card game. And he made a little joke and he says, Hey, I like um, spending more time than I like spending time with you, Gohan. And then they, there's, there's a thumbs up going, Oh! That's just the kind of person he is. He, he, he's aware of the memes. And Sean said he likes to have fun. Like, you shouldn't fault him for that. And yeah, he has beef with um, Vic Mignogna. He made fun of them. He made fun of them. But at the same time, like, when you're in a place of business and you gotta work with somebody you don't like, you, you put that aside and put on a performance. For the sake of the fans, of the fan of the work that voice actors do. So, my thoughts on all this, he shouldn't have been fired. There really shouldn't be something worked out. And the person that was, is at fault, should be fired. And it's not Vic Mignogna's fault. I'm pretty sure Chris has, you know learned from his mistakes and Vic should be, you know, exalted because he didn't do anything wrong. He shouldn't have been, you know, exiled and shunned in disgrace like that. And something really should should be done properly. I mean, I get why they did it, because if there's too much heat, the company can't risk their reputation in the company and assets, so he had to fire them, and I get it, but it really shouldn't be, you know, hung over on Vic Mignogna's head, and Something really should be worked out for um, Stephanie to be back in. I mean, Colleen is a great voice actress. In time, her grow- Gohan would grow. I I love Colleen's voice work that she's done. Like she 
is incredibly and remarkably great as a voice actor. Is her Gohan great? No, it isn't. But I'm not saying that, you know, it can't get better and that mine is better than hers. Because mine needs a lot of work as well, but she shouldn't be told she needs to die because her Gohan is like the worst. Like, like her Gohan does need a lot of work, but at the same time, it shouldn't be saying, oh, Colleen needs to die, she's the worst voice actress ever. That's not called for. That's not called for. I mean, I had somebody wish death upon me today just because I thought that someone was lying to me. And this person that wished death upon me, her name is Cynthia Lewis. And I feel that, you know, a woman, if I'm not being disrespectful or asking you something inappropriate or crude or offensive to your dignity, you should not wish death upon me or anybody just because you're mad at me or just because you think I'm not helping you. You should not wish death upon me or say I'm going to die young or die in an old and lonely man because I'm asking you to send a picture of yourself just so I can see what you look like because on the sake of I'm not trying to be victim or fall victim to anybody. I'm not asking anything inappropriate because I will never ask a woman to do something or say something she's not comfortable of doing. That's not who I am. And anybody who does that should be arrested and shunned. Those who feel that I've let them down or lied to them or broke a promise, which I didn't on any of those, but if anybody feels that I've done that, I sincerely apologize. But at the same time, you can't expect me to do something for you when you lie to me and expect me to be always honest with you when I'm being honest with you from the beginning and I don't like when my words are misinterpreted or somebody said I said something when I didn't or promised something when I didn't, or especially when nobody knows how to keep a promise to me, I'm not going to promise something, especially if I can't keep it, because I will 
told, don't make promises you can't keep. And I never made a promise to anybody. I did not like when someone 